When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Deals. The blue labels, oh. mate. The blue labels. We are live. We are live. Just complimenting Matt on his skin. He's looking radiant as ever. Uh, Matt, tell us, what's the secret behind your skincare? Um, one of those uh, ring lights uh, that I've managed to remember to plug in and turn on. Uh, yeah. No booze for four months helps as well. Uh, yeah. And that's about it. That's about it. I haven't got an elaborate skincare routine, I'm afraid. Johnny? No, no Patrick Bateman here. <laughs> yeah, that guy, is a, that guy is a mystery. Johnny, your skin always looks nice. What's your secret? What's your regimen? Um, nothing, I'd love to say there was some elaborate thing going on, but no, not really. It's just, um, you know, eating healthy and watching Arsenal. And this is what ends up happening. So, no, you know what? I, I, um, I'm one of them people who spent most of my life doing very little in the way of like male grooming. As you can see, the hairstyle is that kind of choice. But um, as I get older, I realise it's a little bit more, you know, you've you, you got to be, you be creaming skin. You've got to be, you know, rubbing your body down, making sure you're, you're looking good, feeling good. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, don't do too much, but I, I, I'm becoming that way a, a little bit more that way in terms of my outlook. I, I love that. Listen, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to get the advert out, out the way nice and early, and then we're going to steam into that show. We've teamed up with NordVPN, and as you'd expect from the AOP, we only work with the best. Here's a problem. When I'm on holiday, Lanzarote most recently, you might remember, and Arsenal went out and put on a show. I wanted to watch it back on Match of the Day, but I couldn't because I was in a different territory. Solution, this little baby right here. For the price of a cup of coffee each month, you can click on the app and via their safe and secure service, it lets you set up your very own virtual private network or VPN based around the world. So it can let me log in as though I was in the UK when I'm actually not. And it's safe and secure because you're not using your hotel's network that could easily be hacked and then suddenly I'm getting locked out my iPlayer account. 
My son would kill me. He loves his hay doggy. You could even use it to benefit from regional flight price variations and get cheap flights the next time Arsenal are on tour. Here at the AOP, we like to help you out with great deals when possible. Grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com forward slash the AOP to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan plus four additional months for free. And it's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Do it now. Mirror man, mirror man, you twist and turn my mind until I don't know who I am. Well, we love a little bit of advertising there, Johnny. The script read was absolutely superb, but not as good as uh, NordVPN. Get in that bio, click that link, put in the little code, and help support this uh, this podcast. I've just banged out the tweet. We're going to have a big show today, guys, because we haven't won since April 1st. April 1st. Are you kidding me? That is a, that is a total joke. I've had a terrible month. It's been boring. Um, but we are back on top today. Guys, just a... A little bit of like early emotional reaction. How are we feeling right now? Yeah, it de- it definitely feels different, and you don't, you know, you don't really take full stock of how, how trash it's been feeling with some of these results until you get a good one, and you're like, oh yeah, this is what it was like. This is what we've been feeling all season, just putting shit teams to the sword, and uh, yeah, it feels good. It feels good to be back. Matt feels like a real Sky Sports question after a big game. How does it feel to win? Yeah, um, I mean, I'm sure a lot of the people tuning in feel like me, which is there just seems like this incredible parallel between how Arsenal do and the rest of life. And it's been a really shitty month. um, And I think a lot of that has gone down to Arsenal. It's just been, I mean, what a month to not win a game in (laughs) April when you're trying to run a title challenge, it doesn't get much worse. Probably probably May is the only worst month that it could possibly be. So um, I'm glad that we put that behind us. And um, I really thought with Chelsea, it was one of those games where both game, where both teams were coming into it with very little confidence. And fortunately, um, we're the ones who who it turned out to be the right the right opponent at the right time for. Yeah, it's felt bad for me as well, guys. There's nothing worse than uh, than Arsenal not winning because people tend to only tune in here when we are winning. We are a sing when you're winning type podcast. So it's been a bit of a slog getting through that. But we are at the back end and there's no team that I enjoy beating more than Chelsea. I mean, Spurs is obviously right up there and Man United and Man City. But today we're going to enjoy beating Chelsea because they've always, over the last decade, has been pretty bad. We had Anthony on a before the whistle, Matt. Um, he didn't. He thought that they might win tonight. He was proved wrong. Um, that was the before, spicy. That was the spicy take. That was the spicy take. Yeah, his spicy take was we're going to lose every game until the end of the season. Not Arsenal. Wrong, my friend. Six on the bounce. That must feel absolutely awful. Frank Lampard sitting in his little seat, looking like, hey, it's not my fault. Yes, it is, Frank. Yes, it is. Um, before we get into the podcast, there's a whole bunch of you in the room. Smack that like button right now. I want to hear it. Smack. Want to, want to get 500 likes today because uh, we're going to have a glorious day out. Um, there's a little tradition that we like to have. Uh, it is called, I've got my, my camera over here. I've got to move out of the way because I can't see what I'm doing. Uh, we're going to go hottest right takes. Takes. Hottest of takes. Three hottest of takes. The AOP hottest of takes. Make it spicy. Mala Macandela, we're going to go to you for the hottest of takes this week. Yeah, me and Johnny. Uh, we've been busy podcasting, by the way. Um, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, 
um, every day of the week um, at the moment. And I think um, myself and Johnny had an amazing Before the Whistle yesterday. Um, I strongly urge people to ch check out the Before the Whistles. And what we said was, we are where we are. We can't look back. We can only look forwards. Um, we've got five games to play for the rest of the season. And really the goal now is, is take it to the last week of the season and then anything can happen. Um, and I really stand by that. I think City have got three games in that last week, three tough games, two of them away. Um, and I think the new goal is just put pressure on them. So at least there's a chance going into that last week. That would really feel like we've done ourselves, done our season justice. And the first game up on that was Chelsea. We were desperate for a return to form. And I think we used to say, and less so this season, but in previous years, you know what Arsenal you're going to get in the first 30 seconds. And the, and I think what the first moment when I tuned in today, first 30 seconds, you just knew we were back. It was just a different Arsenal. And it really begs the belief. I mean, a lot of people have been saying it's been about personnel, but it really did feel about confidence and pressure. Because now that the pressure was off, suddenly it was a vintage performance. It could have been 5-0 at half time. Um, it was an absolutely fantastic performance. But yeah, I, I have to say it feels more like a pressure issue than anything else. Um, and uh, But now the pressure, so to speak, is off. We are not leading, but we are chasing down. It felt like a return to the Arsenal form from earlier on in the season. Johnny... Matt went for two hottest of takes. The pressure is off. The title race is right back on. Johnny, where are you going to go with this week's spiciest of takes? Yeah, um, as Matt alluded to, Matt and I had a great little before the whistle this week. And I was a little bit more confident than you, Matt. I, I'd actually said there that I thought today was a perfect game for a bit of a pumping of Chelsea. And I thought, I thought that's what was coming. I was very confident. And my reason for my confidence came from the fact that not just I thought that we were going to have a return to form, you know, come out at the traps uh, on full steam. It's also down to the level of opposition and the, and the state that they find themselves in. I thought Chelsea are really, really poor today. But there was a moment just at the start of the game where it felt like two teams that were playing that were both very nervous. And I said yes, I said on the um, before the whistle that I. You know, I don't, I'm not going to come out here and say that I think we're going to win the league. And I don't think today means that we're suddenly going to win the league. But one thing's for sure, if we didn't beat Chelsea today, we, we definitely wouldn't be winning it. And so I gave us 5% uh, when we were discussing it yesterday, 5% chance of winning, winning this league. That's all we can do. It felt so good that Arsenal came out there. And, you know, it's so important to arrest the narrative that we just collapsed at the end of the season. It's okay for a team like us in our transition years to back to being a top team to have moments where we dip below our usual standard. We're not necessarily there yet. But if it got to a stage where we couldn't win in two, three months or whatever, that would be a real kind of disappointing end to a season that's promised so much. So I was delighted to see that Arsenal came out there, showed zero mercy towards a Chelsea team that, you know, looked like they, if there was longer to go in the season and perhaps they had one or two less, like basically if Frank Lampard had come in one or two weeks before, I think they'd be in a serious rally scrap here. Serious rally scrap. They are awful. Every bit as bad as the likes of Southampton and that. Um, so little, so, so low on confidence. And um, yeah, I'm just delighted that overall 
we've managed to get, show them no mercy and, and, and get that narrative back that Arsenal have had a fantastic season, whether we do walk away with a, a league trophy or not. Love those takes. Um, I think my hottest of takes this week is probably going to focus on changes. I think that the team felt the pressure over the last month. I mean, we haven't won a game against some serious, you know, e- not easy opposition. No one's easy in the Premier League, but teams that you'd favour us against, you know, a Liverpool team that can that can concede three goals in a single half um, against Tottenham, uh, a Liverpool team that's basically, you know, been mid-table most of the season. Um, Southampton, like West Ham, it's, it just hasn't been good. But I also feel like the manager maybe felt the pressure and he changed things up today. He brought in um, some fresh blood, some fresh thinking, and we got back to our best. And it's like Arteta kind of bottled last weekend, didn't want to make any changes to a team that wasn't winning games. And I, I do feel that maybe he'll look back at the end of the season and say, should have given it a go. Maybe we would have lost against Manchester City with the team that we put out today. But I think we would have put up a better fight. There was much more confidence. We weren't dropping as deep. Um, and our attacking play was absolutely beautiful for the first 60 minutes. We really battered um, Chelsea. And we haven't, you know, we have seen, you know, halves of performances like that um, during this sort of barren run. But um, I think that, that my hot take is that Mikel Arteta might regret not bringing um, a bit of fresh thinking to a stale start in 11 um, over the last few weeks. All right. We've got um, lots of topics to get through today. Um, firstly, let's get onto the the biggest topic that we were all wondering about. Is Holdinho a droppable player? Answer was yes, guys. He was replaced by Kivior today. Uh, Johnny, want to ask what you made of Holdinho getting dropped? Do you think that's kind of end of the road for him? And uh, the second part is like, what did you make of uh, Kivior's uh, Premier League debut? Well, first of all, you know, I, I'm completely on the side of people who say we can't be too hard on Rob Holding. The fact is, he's deputised for the best defender. Again, my belief, best defender at Arsenal, best defender in the league. He was always going to look a little underprepared for that um, task. And so he came in, did a job. His limitations were on on full view in the last few games. And um, I'm certainly not going to come out and say, you know, Rob should never play for Arsenal again. He's all of this stuff, as I've heard from some people. That being said, he can have absolutely no complaints that he's been dropped. Hasn't really, you know, uh, not for a lack of effort, but has shown that there are limitations to his game and a vulnerability that spreads through the team at times with holding there, um, despite his prolific record in front of goal at the Etihad the other week. I mean, what a finish that was. But um, look, yeah. the, moving to our, our attentions to Kivior, I was encouraged that we got through the game, um, you know, giving them very little in the way of chances. And ultimately, the goal that we conceded was a a serious error, I thought, from one player who I'm sure we we are going to talk about later in the pod. But um, in general, Kivior didn't, you know, look out of his depth by any stretch. But what I would say is, personally, and and I'm happy to, you know... um, kind of keep my powder dry a little bit on him. It's his first game. He didn't do anything crazy. That's enough. I'd say that's enough for me. It's enough for a lot of Gooners when we've walked away with the three points. However, there were a couple of moments where I was a little bit worried, not least when I think it was um, uh, Raheem Sterling or maybe been... uh, No, it's Kai Havertz running through. 
And Kiviol went to come back and track him and just got ragdolled off of him. Kai Havertz is not some henny dude. You're not, you're not up against Ivan Tony or Antonio. This is Kai Havertz. He's, he looks like a, a, a six-former playing midfield. And he's just throwing you around. And for me, when you think about the physicality that William Saliba has brought to our centre of defence and the confidence that I think the team plays with these days, knowing we've got a couple of brutes knocking around, um, I think there might be some issues with Kivior as well, because um, he certainly m- maybe has a little bit more poise than holding, but doesn't really have the same level of brawn, which might become a bit more glaring against some other teams. So that's kind of where I am. An, an OK uh, outing for him, but um, I, I can't say he set the light, the world alight either. Back Della, you've watched a lot of centre-backs come into the Arsenal team over the years, good and bad. And um, what did you make of Kivior's performance and did he deserve to oust the mighty Rob Holdinho? Um, I was impressed from what I saw, but I think you have to provide some context, which is he was up against Aubameyang, which was possibly the strangest decision I've ever seen. Because <laughs> Aubameyang was last seen in like November, having like three touches against Arsenal. And obviously Frank Lampard's you know, hope strategy was basically go and prove your old club what they're missing, which was last relevant about 1996. And I think he had seven touches. He was absolutely abysmal. <laughs> he looked like it, he was just surprised to even be out there. And so that was what Kivior was up against. Chelsea have been toothless, but I mean, this this was taking it to a whole new level. So it's very difficult to say, um, to, to, really, to really judge him that much but you know he didn't put a foot wrong um i agree that um it would have been nice to see him earlier i don't think you could have thrown him into the city game no fucking way but i think the game that was ripe for change was the southampton at home game and i think if we put a team like this out for that game we could be in a different position today because it would have kept us fresh it would have been a response to what had happened at west ham um, and would have given us more optionality if we got the result going into the City game. But yeah, I thought he was good. Um, it's going to be... I, th- I didn't qu- I didn't really notice the point that you mentioned, Johnny, about the coming up against Kai Havertz and getting absolutely manhandled. Because that's going to need to get figured out if he's the choice against Newcastle. Because he's going to be up against an extremely physical team. Um, and I think that's the thing that most people don't get about the Premier League, just the physicality of it. So... Um, it'll be interesting to see whether he decides to go with Holding or Kibior. But I do think that so much has been pinned on Rob Holding for our poor run of form. And I just want to just sort of reiterating my hottest of takes, which was I think today proved that it wasn't Rob Holding um, and that it was a side that was just unable to deal with the pressure of being in a title challenge and having Manchester City breathing down their neck. And now with the pressure released, they were able to get back to a more relaxed game and, and, and play, play football the Arsenal way again. Well, I think the, it is a bold statement to say that Rob Holding wasn't uh, the focal point of why everything kind of fell apart when we lost confidence. But I do agree. Chelsea was so bad today. Everything about it. Like, honestly, rolling out Aubameyang after we just went through the pain of saying this guy is not fit for Premier League football 
felt like a completely baffling decision. Like Frank Lampard doesn't want the job. He definitely doesn't want the job again. His whole career has ended on this terrible run of six losses in a row. But I do think that Sunday will tell us more. If we roll with a different team on Sunday, give you a plays, um, we get a point on more against Newcastle, then I think we can say that maybe the change should have come, come sooner. Because Kivio definitely looks like he's been eating from the same bowl as uh, Fabio Vieira. They've been sharing meals over the last six months and that's where the lack of bulk is coming from. <laughs> um, but, it, you know, I, I think I think that these performances now are not for this season. I know, I know that we'd like them to be, but I think that starting eleven is is thinking about next season and trying to work out things with these few games to go. Like, I, I, it will be interesting to see what he does because I don't think you can put... I don't think... Because holding is stronger. I don't think that you can put him in uh, against Newcastle because they're also fast, right? You've got a lot of pace merchants in the side. But I also do have a, a little bit of a worry that Kivio is going to get roasted um, uh, against Newcastle and then we're going to be back to square one realising the only reason that we did have a bounce is that Chelsea are shocking. All right, uh, let's go on to the next topic. Um, Chelsea gets spanked. Arsenal were absolutely fantastic. It was a brutal performance, uh, particularly in the opening 45, wave after wave of attack. Chelsea didn't know whether they were coming or they were going. We completely demoralised them. I mean, on paper, outside of Aubameyang, there were a lot of good players out there, a lot of uh, a lot of pricey individuals, but they were made to look incredibly angry. Matt, I'm going to go to you with this first question. Number one, what did you make of the performance? And number two, Mikel Arteta said they could get 100 points next season. Looking at the way they're playing at the moment, can you imagine that? How many years do we have to wait to see Chelsea get back to the top? I've got no idea how such a good bunch of individuals can be so bad as a team. I mean, it's it's absolutely staggering. But I think you can see in the team selections over the over the. There's just no way of of, of managing that team. It's just too big. There's so many players. It's sort of ridiculous. You're like, oh, what about that person? What about that person? What about that person? So there's no cohesion. There's no structure. There's no system. You don't really get the sense of any tactics. You know, the fact that Aubameyang came in is not a tactical play. It's a stick it to your old club, you know, play. Um, and it just looked like a team of individuals. So um, they were terrible. Um, I think if I think the first goal was really important today. I think you had two teams who were very low on confidence. If they'd somehow managed to get it, I think it would have been a different game. But um, we got it, and you know they came. They were better in the second half. I'm really disappointed that we conceded that goal and, and let them get a bit of pressure. Um, but wow, yeah, they'll. They're going to be a completely different beast next season. So I think as Arsenal fans, if you if you really hate Chelsea, you've got to enjoy now um, because Pochettino is going to come in and he's going to shred that squad. And, and it's literally one of those unique situations where getting rid of players is going to make them stronger. That's the craziest thing about it. Losing players is going to make them stronger. And they've got they've got they've got good players, but um, they've given up and. Um, and, you know, you look at the, their fixtures. They've got five fixtures left, I believe. I had a quick look. Um, they've got Bournemouth and Forest next two games. Bournemouth away, Forest at home, I think. You know, I think if they were to lose those games, they're, they're in danger of going down. Because after that, they've got City, Newcastle and Man United as their final three. If they lose all five, I mean... 
That could have been your hottest of takes. <laughs> you look at it. I mean, they're just desperate for the season to end, I think. They, they, they literally cannot wait for it to finish. And that's a bad, that's a dangerous place for them. Because they're nine, they're, they're 49 points. Thank God Thomas Tuchel got them those points early in the season. Absolutely. Uh, Johnny, Matt's rolling out the red carpet copium for Chelsea fans right now. But like, let's take a look at the starting eleven. You've got Raheem Sterling, 350 grand a week. He's going nowhere. Kovacic, Fernandez, uh, Fofana. Like Chelsea are rolling out their best team with Frank Lampard coming in with fresh eyes. They've still got Kepper in goal. They've still got Thiago Silva that's about 47 in defence. Uh, they're still starting with Pierre-Emerick uh, Aubameyang up front and Kante still in midfield. Like They look like they're 300 million away from getting a team that looks right, but they're, gonna, they're in breach of FFP rules. How do they manoeuvre, Johnny? Or are we, am I just not seeing the light here of how good this squad is? Because it looks absolutely terrible to me right now. Well, funny enough, it actually, the state they find themselves in, it actually reminds me a little bit of a former Arsenal era, a recent era. And that was the kind of, I'd best describe it as the, the tail end of Messer Ozil's tenure at Arsenal, where the team has just disintegrated down into a bunch of individuals. Um, we have supposed talismanic uh, figures in the team, but they all go hiding in big moments. They've done things in their career, but there's absolutely no cohesion as a team, no coherency. And the likes of Messer Ozil would just point back to his World Cup winner's medal or some FA Cups for Arsenal. Um, but ultimately was putting in shit performances week in, week out. And that's where Chelsea are. And um, what they've done, uh, as well as, you know, by sacking their manager and buying all these players, they have absolutely got themselves a tyre fire of a squad situation. But Frank Lampard is the petrol. And that's what I think the... Um, the focus is the guy has no business whatsoever managing in the Premier League. It's got no business. It's got no right. He's a bad manager. Do you know what I was thinking? <laughs> the one, the situation they're in right now, when I first started playing champ manager, if you didn't do it, you missed out. It was very much a formative part of most of our lives growing up. We all thought that we were going to be a great manager. My first go on it, it nearly cost me my GCSEs, my exams. Um, but I remember I took West Ham from plucky upstarts who were going to have a go uh, into uh, uh, go getting into Europe, and I took them down, and I tried to sign my way out of it, and I got myself in an absolute tailspin, and I could, I literally couldn't do any, I couldn't make any right decisions, and that's where I think Frank Lampard is. The guy needs to start the game again. His career's over. <laughs> it's not worked out. It's turn turn the computer off, Frank, and start again, mate, because. It's over. The guy is not a good manager. It's proven. It's not ambiguous anymore. It is your shit. You shouldn't have a job. And um, as Matt said, I don't. I don't think it's hyperbolic. I do think that it's more than likely Chelsea get themselves clear. But if they lose a couple of big games, they will absolutely be in it because look, everyone's arse will be going absolutely just you know crazy. They'll be shitting themselves big time and. You know, in moments like that, when you've got a squad that is clearly showing disharmony, clearly a bunch of individuals, when you're up against teams with less ability but more belief and more hunger and more solidarity, you can find yourselves dropping like a stone. And um, 
I mean, wouldn't it be such a wouldn't it be a lovely thing for the league if Chelsea, <laughs> you know, we're dreaming now, but certainly get them down there in a relegation scrap. It is beautiful to see it. I love it. I absolutely love it. We all had a moment where we were like, maybe spending four hundred million was the correct path. And it's just so funny to see somebody come into the Premier League and be like, don't worry, guys, I've got it sussed. I'm going to chuck money at the problem and get it so badly wrong. I did want to quickly venture into this area. James Corden. James Corden made the recommendation of Frank Lampard to Todd Bowley. James Corden is a West Ham fan, right? <laughs> James Corden doesn't even support Chelsea. Is Was he trying to... Was, was James Corden trying to draw Chelsea into a relegation scrap? Is that what was at play here? Is he about to get a cease and desist for any future football advice? What was what was going on there? Did did Todd Bowley check this out before he before he Look, pulled I the? Think, of course, it's. I think the reality is it's probably not true, but it's just a sign of how absolutely bonkers it is over at Chelsea that it, you think it could be. I mean, I think it's it, it's it's as damning. It's clearly a made up headline, and the fact that everyone believes it is just a sign. Of, well. They sort of could have done that, right? It reminds me... The guy's a talk show host, a talk show host that a lot of people can't stand, my ad. And if you're getting your football strategy advice off of James fucking Corden, are you joking me? It's it's absolutely cartoonish. And that's how they are. You know, know, it's it's like they're just making it up as they go along. You know, James will know. Tell us how we should do it, James. (laughs) <laughs> we we, we definitely we definitely had some banterera stories like that. You remember the guy that was driving the team bus was giving team talks for Unai Emery, uh, the one of our, our head of strength and performance um, put a fairground in in the in the club car park. <laughs> We've had some of those as well. Chelsea Chelsea are kind of reliving the Arsenal classics out here, and it's absolutely beautiful to see. Um, all right, okay, it let's is a move. bit like that, isn't it? With when we had Mikitarian, remember that Mikitarian, Ozil, Aubameyang, and you Socrates, on paper, and you're on paper, you'd be like, oh, that's actually a really really good front three. <laughs> when it was just the worst, it was absolute. It's just it's a toxic trio. It is a toxic zero. I'll tell you what else is toxic. Dirty bed sheets, guys. Dirty oh. bed sheets. Um, Arsenal haven't had a clean sheet in a very long while. Um, I kind of want to wrap Zin Diesel into this mixer. Um, Gabriel, maybe a little bit at fault, like didn't really enjoy the goal and then goes off uh, injured. I suspect he'll be back for Newcastle. Mark that down. Remember last year where he went off for a little injury and then we saw him. I think we did see him back for the Newcastle game. Um, what do we make of these lack of clean sheets, guys? Um, is, uh, is, is is something catching up with us here? Is this like, a, you know, is our defence as good as we think it is? Uh, because it, it has looked very weak since coming back from the World Cup. And I will include William Saliba in some of the, um, the, the early 2023 um, issues that we were having. Why can't we get defence right, Johnny? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg. This is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mother's Day is around the corner. 
Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Um, I think that we can't pretend like there haven't been some major individual mistakes that have, that have led to, you know, key goals at key times in our recent games. And today was no different. I know we're going to dig a little bit deeper on him, but um, Zinchenko today, I thought, didn't, didn't play well. Didn't play well again. He's been worrying for a few weeks now, in my opinion, but just defensively looks very fragile. Um, and then in front of him, despite the fact that um, Granite Xhaka, I thought, had a really good game today. Uh, when you start moving, you know, parties out, and I think that was a, a very wise move, but when you start adjusting a few new players into the team at the same time, it's inevitable that we'll, there will be some kind of teething problems, some kind of moments where players just aren't on the same page. So all things considered, yes, it was against a poor um, Chelsea team. I thought we dealt with them quite well. But as you as you were saying, Pete, the idea that even in a game like that, we can give up a goal, it just speaks to the fact that, you know, even with the fan base, but certainly in a the team, they're almost just waiting for something, for someone to do a little fuck up and it to start getting tense again. So... Overall, I think that's the kind of confidence that comes back with time and there's no other way around it. If we get another good result against Newcastle, I think we'll be heading into those final games with the whole team feeling confident as well as the defence. Um, and it's something that, you know, now we've made a choice to go in a new direction away from Rob Holding. I expect us to stay on that path and hopefully... You know, through Kivior coming in and getting a little bit more experience, we can look a bit more solid and we might start seeing some clean sheets again. And certainly we have to, um, on a final note, give a little nod to Aaron Ramsdale's effort today. I thought he saved from Chilwell at a very key moment. was sensational today. Um, And it will start from him uh, as being one of the bedrocks of our uh, defensive unit. Macandela. Arsenal not doing very well at keeping clean sheets. Our defending hasn't been as sharp as it was earlier in the season. The defenders uh, have gone from being absolute heroes to, um, I wouldn't say zeros, but just it's just not where it is confidence-wise. Are we being greedy to expect a clean sheet when we've just scored three past Chelsea after the run we've had? Or is there cause for concern? I don't think we're greedy. And I don't think you can win the Premier League without a really solid defence. And my sense is that we don't take defending seriously enough. Um, earlier on in the season, I saw a lot more, um, especially like, I think Gabriel really, really set the tone, but it, we would celebrate clearances and defensive actions like they were goals. We just seemed a lot more, have a lot more conviction about the way we defend. 
now it feels like defending is something that we have to do. But going forward and scoring goals is what we love to do. It feels more like Arsene Wenger than like earlier than Arteta earlier in the season to me. And I feel like we just it's a mental thing as much as anything. We need to sharpen up. We need to be committed. And I do feel like even at 3-0, I feel like it was, it was a little bit of complacency crept in. Um, and so I found that quite frustrating that that, that was the case. And I think um, in a high-pressure situation at 0-0, I don't think Zinchenko m- makes that mistake. Um so I think we've just got to treat every action as if it's nil-nil and a, a decisive moment in the game and stop these individual errors because that's ultimately what it was that let Madueki in for the goal. But yeah, we need to we need to sharpen up. Um, it would have been great to get a clean sheet today going into that Newcastle game and it's going to be a real, real battle. Um, I think Kieran Tierney can count himself unlucky not to have been in the team the first the first today. Um, you know, it, it was, it was, it was, it was, he, he's crying out for a start. And I, and I do think he could start against Newcastle. Um, I think there'll be more changes and I think he could be a way of just making us a little bit more solid and a little bit more compact up at St. James's. Yeah, agree with um, that sentiment, Matt. I, I've felt that maybe the passion for the clean sheet and the defensive actions has kind of ebbed away um, over the last month. And I think Arteta will be paying attention to it. I don't think there's a I don't think there's a team in the league that has made more errors that have led to um, chance creating actions. I think only I think Everton were on 17 and Arsenal were on 19, and that was before the Manchester City game. So if 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 that turns into more goals next season, then you go from being title contenders to something worse. So Mikel Arteta has got a job to do this summer. Um, and I expect that there might be a few changes that we don't expect coming. Um, all right, let's move on to something more positive. Um, Mikel Arteta's got his galaxy brain back. And today he decided that Granit Xhaka was going to be playing out on the left wing and he was going to be banging balls into Martin Odegaard. We saw two goals uh, from the Norwegian, one in off the bar. Guys, just before we get into this, is there a better goal in the world than a Yakubu special in off the bar? You remember that goal? That was one of the best goals that I had ever seen. Tony Yaboa. Oh, fuck. Tony Yaboa. No, Yakubu scored one as well, no, didn't Yakubu, he? Yakubu, like Benny, was, uh, never scored it. Well, actually... No, he, he was a massive a goal. goal scorer. No, he, he scored a goal, but you're talking about the one against Liverpool. The, the Leeds United. Yeah. The volley, uh, or, the, or that absolute scorcher where he like needed a couple of times. Against that's Wimbledon. To- that's okay. Well, I apologise. Okay, Tony Tony Yaboa. My God, what are you... Tony Yaboa, one season. One yeah. season in the Premier League, no, then he out. Had, no, he, had more no, he did one, didn't he? No, he did more, but he, did, he had one standout uh, season. And obviously now he's ended up with a type of goal named after him, the Yaboa, which, you know... Or, is, or, 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 the, or the Yakuba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So there was there was definitely there was definitely one that y- Yakubu was a beast of a goal scorer. Let's not let's not. But I've got the goal. I've got it wrong. I've got it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, back to it. Uh, back onto Martin Odegaard in off the bar, and then he scores another one exactly the same. Mikel Arteta has obviously seen something on the left that he loved, and uh, and he's taken advantage of it, guys. What did we make of uh, Matt? What did you make of Martin Odegaard's performance? A lot of questions around whether he could handle the pressure. Well, I think 
he couldn't, and now the pressure's off. He was back to his old self. Um, it was he had he had he had a lot of space. I mean, Chelsea's defending was was so bad. Um, but what a couple of finishes! Neither of them were e- were easy. Neither of them were even routine. I'd love to see the XG on those because it, it was there was it was no no certain goal. He hit them so well, both of them. Um, just 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 great to see him, and, and we're going to need him back in form if we're going to take it to the last week of the season, which is now the new goal. We've moved the goalposts. We're just trying to get to the last week of the season. And um, in terms of tactics. I don't know if it's necessarily he, th- he thought there was going to be a lot of joy from doing that. I think Granite was just given the opportunity in that left eight to maraud forward, and um, and and it all worked out. I don't know if it's if it was necessarily a pattern of play that's been practiced. What do you, what do you guys think? Yeah, um, for me, I think that one of the things that we've seen in recent weeks is that some of our key players have somewhat gone hiding. And bundled in that period, the Southampton game, Granite Xhaka had a week out. And I'm not saying that Xhaka has been, you know, immense through this period or anything like that. I'm, I'm really not. But, like, he, ha- he had some low points like everyone else. But in general, we cannot forget about how good Xhaka's season's been. And this new role that Arteta's got him playing, it's so dangerous and it's so, it's so damaging for teams that are low on confidence and are not buttoned up when it comes to their defensive outlook as well. The way that Xhaka could break them lines, he he almost seems to be our major line breaker right now because, you know, Saka at times can drift in and out of games, um, you know, and obviously sometimes he's really potent, but Xhaka just provides so much utility in the way that we currently play. And I was really impressed with, the way that he managed to pick Erdegaard out with both of those passes, that was not, you know, just bunging the ball in uh, just for good measure, just hoping to, you know, get get lucky. Those were measured passes, really, really good. And uh, Erdegaard took him in a way that I'd come to expect someone of his talent and his ability to be able to take him. There's not many people who can finish like Yakubu Ayagbeni like that. And... Um, Thank you, Matt's realised. Uh, <laughs> but no, not many people can 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 finish like that. And um, you kind of said it, Matt. When the pressure's off, he looked he looked mustard today. But hopefully, we can look at Erdegaard and say that this, he, as good as he is, is still becoming the player that he is going to end up become, uh, being for us. And I think that is someone who's going to end up being so technically sound that he very rarely makes mistakes. Whereas at the moment when it comes to his finishing, he can either be red hot like today or in other games be found wanting in in crunch moments. So, you know, we take our confidence from this. Um, It was a very, very important result. So Odegaard scored at big times when we needed him to. And hopefully he can go up to Newcastle and get something going with Xhaka again and we can get another really promising result. 14 Premier League goals for Martin Odegaard. You can't knock it. 14, 14 goals and eight assists in that 33 is, that games. That's really good, to be fair. I mean, that it's kind of... Absolutely it's kind of levels. Cesc levels. More. Uh, I don't think Cesc got 14 Premier League goals ever. No. He got 20 go- Didn't he get 20 goals and 20, 20 assists in one season? He, did he, he did didn't that? get that many in a Prem anyway. Um, no, all right, like maybe, maybe in total. Yeah. Maybe and- in total. 
And to be fair, you know, Erdegaard in general, it's not like he's taking penalties or anything. That is a good that is a good effort. But the problem is, is as we always know, sometimes you can get people who score kind of loads of goals and we're not knocking Erdegaard's effort. That's brilliant. 19 but, goals and 20 assists for Cesc Fabregas in 2009-2010. What, in the Premier League? In the Premier League. Wow. Pedro was wow. right. God, I, had to, I had to get something right. I had to get something <laughs> right. It's, it's been a bad 10 minutes for me. It's been a bad 10 minutes for me. <laughs> Getting cooked in the comments. Um, <laughs> it's, but it is, uh, it is interesting. And I do want to keep on the topic of Martin Odegaard. Uh, he has had an incredible season by any standards. Right, he's shown up. He's been a captain. Arsenal are still top of the league. However, you want to cut it. Um, if we win the rest of our games, we'll finish our season with ninety points. And people still question his character um, and his ability to play in big games. Um, but then he's scoring fourteen goals and he's got eight assists. D- does this kind of remind you of some criticism that other big players have had over the years, like Thierry Henry in cup finals? Uh, used to get it. He's not a big player because he never does it in a cup final. Do you remember some of that? Like, I just, um, I just wonder whether, like, how he looks. He looks like a Disney prince, and people, some, you know, when it doesn't go right for for him, everyone's just like he's soft, he's a, the, he's wet. And do you, do you not think that like that sort of like builds into it? I think the like, best thing about what he's achieved is you look at it and you look up, you look at his his talent and you look at the games he's impacted and you go. I think he can be twice as good as he is now. Like, he just feels like he's got such a high ceiling. Mm. There's nothing... It doesn't feel like... He feels like he's underachieving despite delivering such exceptional results. And you like... He's capable of a 20 goals, 20 assist season, I think, next year. Like right. uh, yes. All right. Thunder, Thunder Road is saying uh, that we should be up in the likes right now. Thunder Road, earlier in the thread, said, I didn't look like a Pedro. I looked like an Alistair. Uh, not sure how to take that Thunder Road, um, <laughs> but we'll move. We'll move. So click that like button right now and get our YouTube SEO pumping uh, before we head into the next topic. Okay, next the, topic. Uh, Patreon. Should we mention that now? Is, is it a good time? Like, I where would you get the time. Patreon? What guys? What is the Patreon? And what are people getting? It's a membership. It, it's part of a family. It's more than that. It's kind of like Fight Club. But you are welcome to talk about it, and you have to pay three pound fifty a month for the privilege. But uh, nothing like Fight Club. But come and join us; it's great. Um, no, basically, we love doing this, and you guys are helping us do it. We are entering into a little pact with all of our patrons. They help us out by nothing more than a price of a cup of coffee each month, and we will do a minimum. We're actually up to about two or three podcasts a week at the moment on Patreon. So um, really is good value. Join um, a bunch of us, actually, with different uh, formations. Um, We're doing the Before the Whistle podcast. Matt and I this week, sometimes it's Pete and myself and sometimes even Pete and Matt smashing it when I'm not there. Jump jump on our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the Arsenal opinion and become part of the gang. And we've got a Discord so you can chat. To all the people, just, uh, just gifting people. I mean, it's not gifting if you have to pay for it, uh, really. But we can, you can convince yourself. So join our Patreon membership for three pound fifty a month. 
patreon.com forward slash the Arsenal opinion. All right, let's move into a hot topic. Matt uh, Matt basically had a bit of a breakdown on the Night Shift podcast that we did with a Chelsea fan. He really got into it about how depressed he was when Arsenal didn't sign Mudrik. I think, I don't think there's a transfer rumour that I've been more emotionally attached to than that one over the years. We thought that he might start. Um, Frank Lampard obviously thought Aubameyang starting against this would be um, more of a pull for Chelsea, which is also quite alarming for Mudrick as well. Grandpa didn't fancy him, nor does Frank Lampard. Um, Matt, what did you think of the Mudrick performance today? Does he look happy? Um, could you see Arsenal nipping in there this summer with the Chelsea fire sale and saying, we'll give you 20 million for him? What do you think? First of all, there's absolutely no chance of Chelsea selling Mudrick because it would be the biggest about-face in the history of about-faces. It's just not going to happen. Todd Bowley is not the kind of man to do that. I don't know much about him. I know he's the kind of man who walks out of restaurants in Madrid saying he thinks Chelsea are going to win 3-0 in the Bernabeu. I also know he's a man who is more than willing to, to spend an exorbitant fee on a player because uh, he thinks Arsenal want him. But there is no way that if Arsenal try and sign him, that would happen. Uh, Anthony on the night shift said that he reminded him of a 17-year-old youth team player, a very promising 17-year-old youth team player coming through, but nothing more than that. Um, probably slightly blinded by an absolutely terrible season that they're having. I thought, in all honesty, that he looked quite good today. Um, I thought he was fired up. I thought he was focused. I thought he was determined to make a difference. Um, maybe just because I secretly love him still. I don't know why. I've got some weird thing with him. It's 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 weird. It's weird. Um, he's stuck in my head. Um, he's that the the you know the girl that got away, but. Um, but I thought he looked dangerous. I thought he's got pace to burn. And I thought that, you know, Trossard is very much like a like for like. And I think Mudrick is just like over Mars start afterburners. And I think I'd love to have a player like that in the system. But um, it's not to be. And it's not like, but I think I, I say all that. I've made him sound like an absolute world beater. Made him sound like Peacock and Robin. Uh, the reality is no one can do shit in Chelsea at the moment. So um, it, it really didn't matter. And we snuffled him up pretty comfortably. Johnny Topoli is uh, American. Their ownership group is an American-based ownership group. Jose Mourinho might be the US men's national team heading into the 2026 World Cup. We know Balogun is not going to be pulling on an English shirt. He's also sniffing around that US men's national team shirt. He's a striker in demand. He's got 18 goals in 32 appearances at Reims this season. Could Arsenal go to Todd Bowley and say, you can save face here by swapping Mudrick for Balogun? What do you think of that transfer suggestion, Johnny? Am I dreaming? Yeah, dreaming. But, um, you know, it's good to dream. Um I, you know, I heard Matt speak there about Mudrick and he he left in a little kind of safety valve of maybe he's being biased. And I think I'm going to pull on the valve. I would, I, I'm going to call it. I think you are being biased. I didn't think he played well. Um, I didn't think he had a stink or anything. But the, the issue with me is when trying to assess Mudrick and his impact, we were talking about this again on the uh, before the whistle as well. You have to try to, you know, account for the fact that he has gone into an absolute disaster of a of a team. It's like when you were at school and you get a supply teacher in, and then he ends up in like the the naughty class, and you know what's going on. There's going to be board markers flying across the 
across the room, you know, just chalk everywhere because the kids don't respect it's 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 chaos and you can't expect that guy who comes in for one lesson to be able to get control of it it just doesn't happen and the idea that mudrick was going to somehow co- get this cabal of mercenaries together uh, and play in a in a coherent fashion that was never going to be on the cards and i just think that he looks a bit lost would he have been better with, in a more organized system at arsenal i think so I think there is some promise there. But I would also say he hasn't really shown anything. All he's done is run fast sometimes. There's been plenty of times where he's on the ball, he just looks he looks panicky. For everything that Saka does at his age, making good decisions all the time, being comfortable on the ball, never looking flustered. Mudrick's the opposite. He runs down rabbit holes. We know that there's talent there, but for me right now... I am not sitting there like, oh my goodness, it's the one that got away. I, I'm certainly saying Mudrick might end up being a good player with the right leadership. But you know what? We, we've got bigger fish to fry right now. And uh, if he didn't know before, he made a big fuck up by going to Chelsea over us, then he certainly knows now. I mean, we should also talk about Felix. Didn't it, well, Just on, it, the, on it, the Mudrick it, thing, I think it's just worth... I didn't like the laser stuff. Did you yeah. see that? No, that's not, that's not that's not Arsenal level. Fuck that! Like whoever that we're, was, we're whoever that Challenge. was, never let them back. Yeah, ban them, ban them. Absolutely. I thought that was an absolute fucking disgrace. Was it nineteen ninety seven? Lasers, unbelievable. Yeah, that that was a real low. I I think that Arsenal should go back in for Madrid this summer. I think if Chelsea have got to get FFP back on their side. They they might be forced into selling certain players. You know, Madrid isn't happy there. Um, the new manager is going to need money. They are going to have to sell. They need a keeper. They need a centre back. They need a striker. Um, like that squad is not complete, he's, despite he's them beca- spending he, half a billion. He's become a figurehead now, though, of the new regime. You know, he will <laughs> epitomise everything. And uh, there's there's no way that there's, there's absolutely no way that they're getting rid of him. I think what's going to be the- interesting. What would be interesting to me is if he spends a year and Pochettino doesn't fancy him. Uh, that would be a completely different ball game, because if that happens, then you've got to protect the value of your asset, and you might have to sell after a year and just, 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 just take it. And he doesn't instinctively feel like a Pochettino player, um, but maybe he can become one. Maybe he's young enough to mould. But I don't know. What is the uh, what is the term? For doubling down on a bad decision, you know, like when you're when you're in the hole with stocks or crypto, and then you buy more and you keep on buying more. I feel like whatever that term is, and if someone can mention it in the comments because it's completely passed me by, I feel like that's where Chelsea are with a lot of those players they signed in the summer. But they are going to have to go through some pain. They've signed too many players not to get rid of some of the new ones that they signed. It's going to be interesting to see who's on the chopping block and who's definitely not going to go. Because Raheem Sterling, he's not getting three hundred and fifty grand a week anywhere. Um, you th- so you think you think Lukaku's going to come back? Lukaku's got three years left on his deal. <laughs> can you get yourself into like? How can you get yourself into a mess like that? I love it. I honestly love it. I can't wait for the summer. And this idea that yeah, they just they'll just bring in a manager like Pochettino and he's going to get it fixed straight away. I mean, but po- uh, Pochettino didn't do very well with the dressing room in PSG. He might have won the league, but he lost it the first attempt. This is what I'm telling you, mate. They're going to have to turn the computer off and start the game again. It's it's got out of hand. I've I've seen it firsthand, and I had to 
start a new campaign all, all together. It was um, y- you can lose it. You can lose lose track of the breadcrumbs. And Johnny, I will definitely say, I don't know why I'm saying it with a spoon, but uh, I I nearly lost my GCSEs and A-levels to championship manager as well. I think there were probably, that should be an insight for one of their advertising games. People that ruin their lives uh, playing championship manager. What a game it was. What a game. Sunken cost fallacy. Thank you, Andre. Sunken cost fallacy. Thank you very much to our educated listeners. Um, okay, all right. Let's um, let's cover off uh, a couple of quick, like what well, the final one. Thomas Party came on for a little cameo at the end, 10, 15 minutes. He was absolutely terrible. Uh, what's going on with Thomas Party? Is he just tired? Uh, there's some rumours that he's carrying an injury. Does not look himself at the moment. He's had a brilliant season. I hate to see people criticising him, saying that. Um, our midfielders lacked anything this year, but doesn't seem to be going right for him. He, he's given his head a wobble in recent weeks, looked like he needed to do it again. Johnny, what did you make of that performance, that cameo? Can we play him against Newcastle? Do we have a choice? Absolutely not. Nowhere near the team now. Um, been absolutely dog shit for weeks. Straight up. It was interesting. Patrick Vieira was in, on the commentary team for Sky today and um, not the commentary team, like in the studio. And he was speaking before the game and he mentioned Thomas Party. And, you know, when Patrick talks, you should listen about anyone. But about holding midfielders, you need to you need to get both ears cleaned out and be uh, laser focused. And Patrick was just basically saying, in recent weeks, Thomas Party's let himself down. He hasn't met the standard required. And he said that he thinks he's distracted. Um, he didn't say with what, but he said, you know, he thinks he's been distracted because he's not been meeting the levels. And I thought that that was, you know, a lot of the time you can get pundits or people, even, you know, ex-players um, connected to the club who are a little bit bashful when it comes to calling out current players. But if the air is there calling out Thomas Party, it's because the performances have been so glaring that, you know, you can't ignore them. And I think he's been really, really poor. Jorginho, you know, the fact that we didn't hear too much about him today was actually a good thing. It That is what he does. He just keeps things ticking over. I think there's an argument that we all need more athleticism in the midfield against Newcastle. But ultimately, I'm going to, um, you know, be on the side of solidity. Is there a carriage, is there a carriage clock going off? <laughs> I literally don't know. Um it's, I don't even. Yeah, oh, we're on the we are on the hour, but it's not in my house. Oh, it's Matt's. There he is. Um, and this beautiful part of Brooklyn, Pete. <laughs> like, what's going on here? This is like Elden Ring. Like... <laughs> it's taking him back. He's got yeah, like... of Elden Ring. Still not an Elden Lord, are you? Uh, but either way, yeah, Thomas Party not up to it. He's you know he's been dropped, right to be dropped. I'd definitely go with Jorginho in the next game. Matt Candela, do you roll out Jorginho against those beasts up at Newcastle? Surely Bruno is going to absolutely eat him alive. I think we've got the team for the rest of the season now. This is it. Ooh. We shook things up. Uh, we rolled our di- we rolled the dice. This is what we got. There's only four games left. Um, is it four games? Yeah, four games. So I think we've got the team. I think we've got one really tricky game. And then I think if we can get over that, and then I think the, I think the crowd will get us through against Brighton. I really do. Um, and then the final two of the final two, it's like a different, different, a different ball game. I think. 
Um, so it's it's one 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 big cup final again. I think it is still a cup final. It really is that Newcastle game. We've got to, got to go there and win to really take it to take it to the take it to the line. Um, and um, and yeah, I think it's the team the team that the team that started today. I think the midfield deserve it. Um, I think play with confidence. We've got more than enough. Go and win it. Yeah, uh, Thomas Party looks absolutely out of form at the moment. I don't see how he can start at the weekend. And I do think people forget. They're like, oh, you know, Jorginho lacks physicality. Yeah, I know, but he also won a Champions League. Like, he's he's also played in some really, really decent teams. He's won trophies. I don't think that we can be too concerned about that. So, uh, hopefully, um, hopefully, if he does play, it's, uh, it's a good performance at the weekend. All right, we're going to end on a positive. Uh, Introssible to drop. Mixed it up today. I've mixed it up today. Uh, Matt Candela, going to go to you. Um, Trossard looked uh, very good. He kind of dropped out the side and Arsenal stopped winning games. I know that he wasn't um, the only factor in that equation, but he, he looked very good today. He keeps things moving. What did you make of the Trossard performance? Uh, is there any way that Arteta can drop him now? I thought it was one of his quieter games. I didn't think he was that electric today. Um, I think Ooh, not, that... like, not like Mudrick. Oh, he's great, isn't he, Matt? Oh, without yeah, Mudrick, we don't like Trossard. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you where I play Trossard, number nine, false nine, because Gabby Jesus is really not doing it for me at the moment. Really not doing it for me. I know he scored today, but he spends way too much time not in the position of a number nine. He spends a lot of time in left midfield in like a left eight position. And it's sort of frustrating after you've just seen, I think at home, you know, he doesn't need to go looking for the ball. Just stay up top. Um, and I think Trossard could 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 do a similar job. Because I don't think I don't think Jesus has got back to to I don't think he's recovered fully from his injury. Tross nine is uh is is where I would where I where I could see him see him put him playing. Matt, I got put on the barbecue the other week, Edu's barbecue, for uh, suggesting that Gabby Jesus should probably be scoring goals. Like, people were throwing pie charts at me. People were subtweeting me, saying how horrible it was that anybody would consider uh, Gabriel Jesus as a, as a goal scorer. Um, been a bit quiet on that front over the last few games. People are starting to talk about my other idea as well, that maybe we sign Ivan Tony when he gets the ban. I think that, we, I think that Mikel Arteta is either going to look at a right winger this summer or I think he might look at a number nine because we need something different up front. You're right. Like he doesn't need to drop deep and he doesn't occupy centre backs in the way that he should be or the way that he was at the start of the season. You want to know, know my prediction for Arsenal number nine? Go for it. Calvert Lewin. I think um, his star has fallen. Mm. I think he doesn't want a number nine who needs, he feels the need to play every game. I think Calvert Lewin would be happy to rotate in and out. I think Calvin my loins, not, my loins are no longer moistened. I think we could see Everton going down and doing a, a flash sale. So I think the price could be right. I think the player profile could be right. We know there's been interest before. He won't need to start every game. He's never been developed as a player, but he's got all the raw essentials. Right price again. Um, I think I I think that could be. If you're trying, if you're trying to make a number of big signings, you're trying to get some backup for Saka. You're trying to get Rice. You're trying to do all this other stuff, and you're looking to bring someone different in. 
Calvert Lewin, you heard heard it here first. I, I, I don't like that, to be honest. I don't. Oh, I'm, not, I'm not a fan me. of him. I, um, I'm so uninspired by this last segment of the show. He, he's cool. not, he's I want to go and have a cry. No, he's not very good. And even if he was, the injuries would be so much of an issue. Um, Ivan Tony is one I've been saying for a long time, and um, you know the betting scandal is uh, obviously. Well, we'll see how it Yeah, of course it does. But we'll wait and see what punishment he gets. Um, but talent-wise, I think it's there with Tony. I think he he would be a real antidote to what Jesus does. I mean, if anything, Calvert-Lewin, for me, offers what Jesus does to a lower standard. Um, he can hold up the ball quite well. He's a threat in the air, but absolutely not prolific in front of goal. And Jesus he missed from is much... one yard last night. He missed from one yard last night. That's what he's about. And, you know, he's nowhere near as good in link-up play. So... If we sign players in positions in the summer, I want to see us getting players that are going to move the needle in these areas and get us, you know, to a higher level of productivity, not just kind of squad padding. So, yeah, I, I would be less than infused with him. Um, we're, we're, we're getting, Matt's getting cooked now. Matt's getting absolutely cooked. Mitro, <laughs> I'd, ra- I'd rather Mitrovic. Mitrovic is not a bad shout, though I'd imagine that he would cost an absolute fortune. He's a little bit older. I think Ivan you- Tony would be perfect. We you can afford out of retirement, Pete. You can out of retirement. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's unfair. That's yeah. unfair. The guy was constantly banging him in off the bar, wasn't he, hey, Pete? You oh, can't just... <laughs> 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 All right. Okay. We're going to go to the final part of the show. Um, it's called the AOP AOB. Johnny, you you normally like to start these ones. What What's your AOP AOB? Well, I'm going to keep Arsenal purely because we didn't really get to talk about him. This is actually going to be a football one. But, you know, in general, in Diesel, I have been a little bit up, upset with what I've seen in recent weeks. Now, with certain players, you take the good with the bad. And I think that's largely how we are with Zin Diesel. But he has been getting caught out of position so much for me. It's like really starting to unsettle me. So, um, do you know what? We'll look at the um, left-back situation and who knows where we'll end up. I don't think we can drop Zinchenko right now, but from being something that has been a position where we felt so confident, when we when we think about it in the summer, we may even be looking to bring in some extra support at left-back, particularly if we don't think Kieran Tierney is going to provide a realistic um, you know, alternative there. So that's my APAB. Sorry, it's just an extension of the pod. But I did want to bring up the uh, slightly cautious view and slightly worried view um, on Zinchenko and his recent performances. It's fair. It's, it's your AOB. You can do as you please. Matt Candela, have you got anything non-football related? Or, yeah, you use yours as you like as well. You know what? After a month of just depression, as you look like our season's hopes were dashed, um, I'm just preferring to be a little bit optimistic. I went on... Uh, 5.38 or whatever it's called, the predictions. We are up to an 11% chance of winning the league. We're up to an 11%. We were 8% yesterday. We're 11% now. Just having a look at Manchester City fixtures, there is a way. There is a path. It is very hard, but this is the path. We beat Newcastle. That is the key piece. If we beat Newcastle, then I think we win the last... We win all of our remaining games. That puts us 
on I think I think that puts us on 90 points. I'm looking at Manchester City's fixtures. This is my prediction. If we beat Newcastle, we win all our games. City, they play Everton away on Sunday, May the 14th, just a week following the away game at Real Madrid and before the Real Madrid home leg. The Real Madrid hope game is, you know, real, is, is such a huge game for them. Playing Everton away is the last place you want to go. Sean Dyche absolutely dikes it. It's a, it's a one-all draw with Everton. They just need to drop three more points. And then final game of the se- final week of the season uh, after Real Madrid, a late Chelsea scuffed equaliser against Manchester City. They've now drawn two games. If they drop any points against Brighton and Brentford, Arsenal win the league. You know you've seen this story. You know it's not over. I'm just. I have to. I have to. I just can't go. Do you just know what? The you last what? week and stranger things have happened. That last week is is hell week. Brighton away, Brentford away. Yeah. Chelsea at home. All in the last week. All after Real Madrid in the semi-finals before an FA Cup final and a potentially a Champions League final. Ouch! It's that week. We just got to beat Newcastle and we got to get that. Of- <laughs> I, 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 think, I think it could stay, you know, um, lo- a live uh, potential prize up until the last two games of the season. I said it on the before the whistle because of the way they end their season, difficult games. But if we're being realistic and you want to say, or anyone wants to say, you know, that this might start getting on again, I really feel like they play twice before we play against Newcastle for the whole psychology of it. If City have dropped any points, even a draw, I think it would swing massively if we could look at stare down that result. If they drop a point to West Ham and then we beat uh, Newcastle, I'd say we would be, we would have a very, very big chance again. Um, because then it literally is like if you lose one game, you're going to lose the league. And then I, I do think they would start to panic a little bit more than we're seeing right now. Oh, you injected hopium into the uh, into the veins, oh. there, guys. A lovely way to end the podcast. How can I have in any other business that would come even close to that? I Just think say that we're going to win the league. Say we're going to we're going to win a fucking league. We're going to win the league. Arsenal are going to win the league. Write it down. And just remember, it was Matt and Johnny that told you so. I, might All right, guys. I wonder what the betting odds are on Arsenal to win the league right Put now. Put a bet down. Put a bet down right now. Go to a, a, go to an illegal Brooklyn bet maker. Make a bet with a mob. Get it done. Get it done. Bet your house on it. It's going to happen. All right, guys. Um, thank you to uh, everybody that's watched along. We've had 500 people in the room, which is absolutely incredible on uh, a Tuesday evening. Um, if you're listening to it on a podcast, remember to give us a five-star review. Leave a nice review. Someone someone said some mean things about us last week on a review. I had Johnny on Knee tears. jerk nonsense. Knee-jerk nonsense, uh, idiot. If you listen to this podcast and you don't think that it is about knee-jerk reactions, oh, man, I've got a, 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 I've got something to tell you. Um, but we will be back on the whistle of the weekend. Uh, if you listen to the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the Arsenal opinion, um, we're going to have another before the whistle. Um, we'll probably do a night shift, uh, depending on how the week shapes up, but it's a little bit skewed at the moment. Um, but listen, Arsenal beat Chelsea. We're feeling good. Matt and Johnny just predicted that we're going to win the league. We're going to have a great week and hopefully <laughs> we can avenge uh, Newcastle's treatment of us last season. So on that note, I'm going to say ciao for now.
Social Podcast Network.